Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougars listed as the seventh most likely team to go unbeaten. Are you buying it? BYU TV college football insider Blaine Fowler offers his opinion on the matter. Plus, how many games will BYU win in the regular season? Plus, we go live to BYU football practice and hear from the coach's mouth. What is the biggest challenge ECU presents on Saturday? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live for the people in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, October 6th. Wherever and however you are dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, alongside NFL referee apologist, Jerem Jordan. If it involves my Seahawks, I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is that the Seahawks won the game, the final whistle blew, the refs uh, went off the field, and that on Monday night in that corner of the end zone, the Seahawks get the benefit of the call. Ask the Packers and now the Lions. You're doing a fantastic job (laughs) as your NFL referee apologist. Yeah. How about Ziggy, though? That guy had a game, man. That yeah, guy Ziggy had a Ansa, game. Unfor- he tweeted out, he's like, man, this one. Oh, well, we'll move on. Detroit versus everybody. <laughs> Dude, five years ago, I would play pickup in the Richards building uh, on campus, play basketball. And there was this giant dude from Ghana that I got to know. And uh, that guy becomes the fifth pick in the NFL draft. And now I'm sitting at home watching him make uh, a lot more money than I do uh, playing football in the NFL. It's a great story. I, to me, his story is better than The Blind Side uh, and even that, that one that Disney produced, Million Dollar Arm. That movie um, has to be made. His, his story is better than those two, in my this opinion. This movie has you know? to be made, right? It's amazing what he's doing. Who it's you, amazing. Who would you pick as the director of that movie? J.J. Abrams. After Star Wars. Teams up with Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever did The Martian can do that one. Oh, uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Really funny Twitter conversation yesterday between... BYU's all-time leading scorer in basketball history. And it's soon to be all-time leading rebounder and assist man. Tyler Hawes and Kyle Collinsworth. Okay, so Tyler says, best of luck, homies. He's in Spain, by the way. Best of luck, homies, BYU basketball today. First official practice I'll be following all season long. Kyle Collinsworth responded, Ty Hawes, are you uh, going to practice with us today? LOL. Yeah, that's just mean, man. <laughs> That's just mean. <laughs> Can you imagine though, how weird it must feel for Tyler after so many years? Like, man, I'm... his life is completely different. He's married. He lives in Spain. He's getting paid to play pro ball. I mean, it's it's a different life, dude. Absolutely. But BYU had its first practice yesterday. Coming up, we'll reveal, uh, and they were revealed on Twitter. But we'll show you uh, the jerseys for the season. Very exciting. I like it. They have an alternate as well. Here are your BYUSN headlines as we just profiled a bit. Ziggy Ansa had two sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery in last night's Detroit Lions loss to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Hashtag rigged. Okay. Yes, hashtag the 12s. What's up? Yesterday, Bronco Mendenhall said there were seven players with shoulder injuries out of the UConn game. Wow. We know that Mitchell Jurgens was one of those. He noted Travis Tuiloma, Kyle Johnson, and Harvey Longy could all play this week. That's, That's good the good news. news. That's good news. Adam Hine is out four weeks with an ankle injury. High ankle sprains are the worst. Ask John Beck. We will. We can talk about that with him. On Thursday. On Thursday. The men's basketball team rev- revealed the uniforms for the upcoming season. As Jeremy just mentioned, we will debut those coming up. Who are the masterminds behind those guys? There were some players involved there. 
along with the coaches. Yeah, I, li- I like the uh, latitude they've been given to kind of make those decisions, which is very cool. They're the ones wearing them. Why not? Uh, women's volleyball stays at number 15 in the latest poll. The Cougars play at Pacific on Thursday. I invite you all to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. You can win them all. I believe that if we're able to win out, which I expect us to, um, I think we're going to run the table. I think we're going to win out, and we'll be back in the top 25 before it's over. Whoa! Former BYU and NFL linebacker Spencer Hadley joined us yesterday, and he has set the precedent high for his former college football team. Winning out. But is that too high? I mean, maybe Spencer's on to something. According to ESPN's Football Power Index, as of 10.04 a.m. on October 6th, BYU is the seventh most likely team to win out in the regular season. Seventh out of 128 Division I football teams. But what kind of chance is that, really? That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has a 10.7% chance of winning out, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. Okay, now, interesting that that's the seventh most. 11% is not a high number. It's not. 11%. But BYU has the seventh most or best chance to win out. Interesting. There's Number only one. one game in which BYU won't be favored. Sorry, according to, n- not the odds makers, but uh, the FPI, or Football Power Index, from ESPN. And that is Missouri. And it's 45%. Boise State is number one on that list. The Broncos? Of course it is. 52% chance. Even with their backup To win out. Wow. That would be nice. But then there's a significant drop-off between one and two. Ohio State's up there. They're at like 22%, something like that. BYU, seventh out of 128, with a 10.7% chance of winning out. As you mentioned, Jerem, 45% chance for BYU right now to win at a neutral site, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, against the University of Missouri. Other than that... Favorite in every other game. The next closest is at Utah State. BYU with a 64% chance to win. Home to Cincinnati at 67%. Are you buying BYU with a nearly 11% chance to win out? Me personally, no. Um, I, and it's 11%. It's not, it's not high. To me, I'm still going to give Tanner Mangum and this team the rest of the year to develop. Okay. To me, that means there's going to be a couple losses. I don't know exactly. I'll go. I, I still, I still hold the eight and four and eight and four regular season with this schedule, which up to this point has been named by multiple sources the hardest schedule in America so far. When all is said and done, it will not be the hardest schedule in America. But up to this point, it's going to take some time. This was not supposed to be Tanner Mangum's season. This was supposed to be Taysom Hill's season with the possibility of being a Heisman dark horse. Blah blah blah. I give BYU a couple of losses in there still because there's still some tough games on the schedule. ECU, Cincy, Missouri, Utah State. To me, those are all challenges. I don't see challenges with San Jose State, Wagner, Fresno State. Let's have everyone across BYU Sports Nation, instead of a percent chance, put a win-loss projection together and get to our Tuesday Twitter question. What will BYU's record be at the end of the regular season? So I'm, I'm going 8-4. and four. I think 8-4 and four would be good still. So you so say 5-2. Five 5-2 and two. Five and two in the back seven. Okay. Hey, solid with a freshman quarterback. That would be. Do you remember Jake Keep's freshman year? It was like 7-6, and six, the hope, the good feeling. That, the standard's really high because BYU started 2-0. Oh. If BYU had started 0-2 oh and, 
and then you know came out one and three, you'd be you'd probably be screaming, you know, eight and four would be good or whatever. I can see where you'd think nine plus ten to me is a little wild at this point, uh, given injuries. Adam Hine's out for a couple weeks. Let's see if Longy Tuiloma can get back and all that. There's just there's just some youth in certain parts, and to me, it's Tanner Mangum's very good. He'll become a very good quarterback. He threw for three sixty five. The kid's going to be awesome. He might be the winningest quarterback in BYU history when all said and done because he's getting a start so soon. Tanner Mangum has shown me enough in his four starts and what he did against Nebraska that I really believe BYU will win six of the final seven games. That would be awesome. Most of the tough games are at home. East Carolina home, Cincinnati home. Okay, at Utah State and at Missouri are Sounds the ones like where, half I'm, the games where I'm kind of like, right? uh, well, Boise State was home too. I mean, so, of what's left. Okay, so of what's left, yeah. So two, two tough games at home, two tough games on the road. BYU maybe slips up against Missouri or Utah State. Allow for I, growth. I don't know. There, That's what I say. The law of attrition applies when you have a freshman quarterback. And for the other teams as well. Freshman acclimation. I know you're like, hey, give him the whole season. I am giving Tanner Mangan the whole season, but what I'm saying is he is unique and not your average freshman quarterback. And I he has weapon, agree. Yet, weapons around him yeah. that are helping him a lot. I would love to. I, listen, I just want to set realistic expectations. That's the key to happiness in life, man. If you set them too high, you might come in disappointed. Yet you want to set lofty goals, right? We aren't here to set the goals for the football team. We're here to analyze what we see and think, right? The goals for the football team are win out. But what are the realistic expectations on the outside? To me, 8-4 and four would be a very good regular season given everything that's happened and will happen. I'm not season. saying it wouldn't. Uh, eight wins with everything that has happened would almost be incredible. Again, you think you take a step back and look at everything that has happened and the tough schedule in September and who BYU has had lost to injury and the way that things have developed. The fact that BYU is three and two right now after all that is incredible. Yeah, three. Hey, three. three I wanted two and two. Obviously, UConn. That was going to be a win at home. That's one you expected. Listen, people. On Friday night, with 15 minutes to go in that game, it was a 10-10 game. If that's East Carolina or Cincinnati or Missouri or I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that. That's BYU plays that way, and it's 10-10 with that UConn team. That scares me a little bit because we've seen BYU hang with number 10 UCLA on the road, and I know UCLA lost Arizona State, but UCLA, to me, is still a good team. Colin Cowherd called UCLA the Georgia of the West, by the way. Totally I accurate. I thought that was so totally good. Totally yeah, accurate. so good. I screamed that all summer. Yeah. The most overrated yeah. team in the West. But still a good team to me. And BYU, the Nebraska win was really nice when Nebraska struggled. Nebraska has really struggled. Um... But BYU is going to face a, a solid East Carolina team, in my opinion, a Cincinnati team that can score points with anybody, an SEC team in Missouri well, that's 4-1. and one. They have a tough stretch. I think they're going to lose a bunch of games uh, around that. They, they may have a losing record when BYU plays them. I don't know. We'll see. Nebraska has lost three games, two of them in the final 12 seconds, and that one stinks. in overtime. It, hey, it could always be worse, man. And then Utah State in Logan, November 28th. To me, that's a tough game. Kent Myers just ran for 191 against Colorado State. They finally figure out who the quarterback is. They may be roaring uh, by the end of the season. There there are some tough games left on this schedule still. It is so difficult to win a lot of games in a row. If you throw in UConn and BYU wins the next seven, that would be eight straight wins going into a bowl game. That is so tough to do. I don't care who you're playing. It's tough for Boise State to do that. 
to win not that many tough. games in a row. No, not as tough because <laughs> their schedule tough, yeah. isn't as tough. But I, it, it's it's still respectable when yeah. a team does that. It's like wow. Listen, they're the, all Division One opponents. The best teams lose. Alabama lost to Ole Miss. Ole Miss then went to Florida. And lost. There's a good I, shot that just, there won't be any undefeated teams this yeah, year. Yeah, I give BYU. Yeah, yeah. If BYU only lost one game in the regu- rest of the regular season, to me, that is really good. That's really good. I I have said it multiple times. I'm not backing down now. You throw in a bowl game for BYU, the Cougars, the way they are Thanks, right now. Thanks, Tom Petty. <laughs> have a shot to win double digit games if they can that win a bowl game. That would be amazing. If BYU with wins a bowl schedule. game. 10-3, and three, wouldn't that be something? Remember last year, BYU won eight games with that schedule, which was a lot easier than this schedule. Um, and, and luckily, BYU didn't stumble post-Taysom Hill uh, like they did last year. BYU has the luxury of having gone, they had the luxury of having gone through that. Absolutely, that was beneficial. Man, and, and, and if you think about it, it, you never want an injury to anybody. But what happened in 2014 prepared BYU emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever, for 2015, after Taysom Hill's injury, BYU beat Boise State, hung with UCLA. Let's for, let's delete Michigan, beat UConn. It's a, it's not four losses in a row, and there's not a loss in there where you say, "Man, BYU really should have won that game." That was a disappointment. Like Nevada last year, like UCF was a tough game. By the way, UCF stinks now. They're like oh and four. There there was some there was some bar that was giving out free beer until they won a game or something. They're going out of business. Hey, oh, by the way, mark it down. Huge <laughs> rivalry game this weekend between UConn That's and right. UCF. That's right. You, they just, <laughs> UConn just declared a rivalry against UCF, and UCF said, what? We, we're not involved in this. Oh, man. Yeah, mark that one down. After BYU East Carolina, must watch UConn-UCF in the lengthy rivalry series. Between those two AAC two teams. teams, one rivalry. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. Jerem projecting five and two in the back seven for BYU to finish eight and four in the regular season. I say six and one in the back seven. BYU finishing nine and three in the regular season. Wait, hold on. What do you think? Can Wait. you see it? Can you see it? Oh, seven and zero. Oh. Nice. I see him through the blue goggles. Nice. Wow. wow, that Cincinnati game was high scoring. That's crazy. Fantastic. 54 to 48. What will BYU's record be at the end of the regular season? Let's get to some of your tweets. It's winter time. At Twiggy or Stone says 9-3. and three. We still have a young quarterback and injuries at running back. That will cost at least one game that they might have won normally. So taking into account some of your points... Just doesn't think that the law of attrition applies to two losses, only to one. And there, there are weird games, right? And and Tanner Mangum will grow as a quarterback. To expect that he's going to be, you know, eighty percent of who he's going to be now, I think is a little is a little much. Let's give him opportunity to grow. Let him make mistakes. There's going to be untimely. There's never a timely turnover. There'll be untimely turnovers. Uh, there'll be, uh, you know, third down conversions for it that don't work or whatever. It's it's. Bound to happen, but over time, uh, he'll get he'll get better. M- Max Hall made that turn very quickly, and then and then didn't necessarily have to face some of the teams that BYU's had to. G- granted, Tanner Mangum is probably more weathered in the early going of his career than any other BYU exactly. quarterback ever. Which is why ever. I th- which is why I think they have a great shot to go six and one. And hopefully, that is a positive experience that can that can erode uh, confidence. That can erode. Uh, you know, a team via injury, those things happen. 
But I, I think BYU is in a decent place. They're getting uh, healthier. Tanner Mangum is growing as a quarterback. I think they found something in Francis Bernard. Algernon Brown is getting healthier. Those are all good signs. Tui Loma and Longy will be back, if not this week, the week after that. Yeah. Hopefully it's this week because East Carolina, to me, is a challenge. That's, that's a similar team to BYU in that they're a top 30 off uh, passing team, kind of a bottom you know, 40 or 50 defense. It's, it's a good matchup. At 86, W.I. Coog says 10-2. and two. Think both offense and defense will continue to improve week to week, and by the time they get to Missouri, they will be on a roll and full of confidence. I, Ten and two would be the best case scenario, man. Double Seven digit wins without the bowl game factoring in. Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah, That'd I need the blue goggles for that. <laughs> Up next, we take a look at the new BYU basketball jerseys. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tonight at 7.30 Eastern Time, a brand new edition of Inside BYU Football debuts on BYU TV. Check it out tonight, 7.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Adam Hine was one of the guys mic'd up on the sideline. BYU Basketball unveiled... Their new uniforms for the 2015-2016 basketball season via Twitter yesterday. Yeah. And we now have Kyle Collinsworth's jerseys in studio with us. These are triple-double approved. These are triple. And we have three uniforms. Oh! Let's start with my favorite. Okay. These are the, uh, this is the alternate. The we'll, home white alternate. We'll, we'll tweet these out. Um, and, and this is as fashion show as we get on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Fashion old, show, fashion show, old fashion school, show at old lunch. school text in royal blue, it appears. Uh, would you call that royal on the, fr- on the front? Uh, the Brigham Young on the front. I'll flip it around. We'll see. Don't call me Collingsworth, Collinsworth, uh, number five on the back. We I, will, like, I like it, the, kind of the royal trim. This is a white jersey. This is the alternate. Now, we don't know what games BYU will use this in or how many, but this is the alternate. For those listening on the podcast or on the radio right now, we will tweet out pictures of these new jerseys in studio with us right now. So, Jerem holding up the white with royal trim and royal old school beautiful. lettering alternates. They are beautiful. They are amazing. I want to know if they're going to be for sale because I want to buy one <laughs> right now. Here I, is I, I don't know. I don't know if Kyle Chilton expects to get these back or not. I think so, but we might have to sneak out with these. Okay, now here are the road navy blue jerseys with the block. Brigham Young lettering. And Kyle Chilton, since it, is this very different from what they've had? Similar, right? Similar. Similar. Sailor Coog on the back. So you look at cool. the name on the yeah. back of the jersey, and there's that little insignia of the Sailor Coog, which I think is a, a great little uh, yeah. nuance of the jersey. And I love the block Brigham Young. This is, this, they've been going with this look for a couple years, um, I, I believe. And this is my favorite BYU jersey of all the jerseys. I love it. The block the, yeah, the Letter, block Navy Brigham Blue. Young on the front. Love well, we've got the Sailor Cougar on the back now. Over the Sailor Cougar on the, the back is a nice addition. Solid. There is yeah. a little bit of royal blue accent along the side, but that's new. I know that Chase Fisher and Kyle Collinsworth are, had something to do with They were in on the designs. They, they were telling the coaches, like, hey, I want to do this. Terry Nashup alluded to that on Twitter as well, that they were involved. Kyle, did captains pick these? It was the whole team. Chase and Kyle. Okay, Chase Fisher and Kyle Collinsworth designed these. So, so you get a sense of the, the fashion sense of these guys. Okay. <laughs> and the last of the three jerseys now in the studio with us. Now, this is a this. new look uh, for home. 
white block lettering, but the the letters are outlined in blue, and they're just white. So it's like white on white. We'll tweet these out as well. And, and these were tweeted out from at BYU Basketball yesterday. But getting the first look in person, uh, gray kind of on the side. It seems a little thinner uh, along the arms. I don't know fashion. I feel like my mom should come in here and describe this. <laughs> no, no Sailor Cougar. Yep, no Sailor Cougar. So the Sailor Cougar's only on the back of the navy blues. Very cool. Okay, pictures cool. on the way on Twitter of all three jerseys in studio. This brought up a topic in my mind as we were discussing like alternate jerseys, and we saw some crazy stuff on the football side yesterday from the University of Oregon. The Lewis and yes, Clark. Like the Oregon there, Trail This stuff. is real. There, is, there are Oregon Trail football uniforms <laughs> from the University of Oregon with Lewis and Clark and a duck pointing west. West. Okay. Or was it Chris Farley in Almost Heroes? <laughs> Most so of you I, don't even know that reference. That was his last movie. So I, I was thinking, what would BYU fans like if we just opened up the playbook of uniform design to oh BYU fans? Oh boy, what what would show up on your favorite alternate or your specifically designed alternate uniform? Well, obviously something with Brigham Young. You know, point he could point west or something. I want, I want, I I know football's done black jerseys. In the future, I would love to see basketball have a black jersey. I think that would be amazing. The the sky blues or Carolina blues last year that they used, kind of an ode to the, the 80s. You the know, 81 the team. was fantastic. Yeah. It was so cool. And so it's fun that they have an alternate for this year. I'm trying to remember the last year that they had that old lettering with the alternate retro jerseys. 83? Yeah, Kyle Chilton in the studio telling us 1983. It's just fun. It's just different. Yeah, I, I like it. And jerseys are a thing. It's, it's 2015. Kids love these things. Recruits love it. The fans love it. There's merchandise, a merchandise element. If George Lucas taught us anything with Star Wars, it is that merchandise matters. In addition to that product, right? It's not just basketball games and the guys wearing. There's stuff you can participate with the team with. So these jerseys, T-shirts, colors, royal blue football uniform, all of this is important. BYU football will wear the royal blue jerseys on Saturday for the homecoming game Luckily, against just the East shirt, Carolina. Not the pants too. Royal tops, white <laughs> bottoms, which I think everybody, whether you're superstitious or not, every everybody, even to a little bit, is like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to wear royal. Don't do royal and white again. Don't, nope. Wait, BYU's yeah. won a bunch hey, of the games. All, the all white, yeah. not not a thing. Yeah, the all royal thing. Okay, for now, it's it hasn't boded well for BYU for whatever reason. I'm not like really superstitious, but. I like the royal tops on the white pants. And I think the first time that we'll see these jerseys in action will be Boom Shakalaka. They, they might be wearing them that night. Uh, Friday, October 23rd, more information came out about that yesterday. But we're very excited to be hosting that live on BYU TV. Friday, October 23rd, 9 Eastern time. Dun- it's similar to what you've seen uh, the last couple of years, but a little bit different. The dunk t- contest will be a little bit of a different format. There'll be five-on-five, five, you know, brief scrimmaging, a little Red Robin, Red Robin, Round Robin. I love Red Robin. Yum. Tournament. Uh, it's going to be in the Marriott Center, so you get your first chance to really go in there. If you haven't been to a devotional, your first chance to go in there and see the new video boards, see the new seats, see the new banner, everything, ribbon boards. Awesome. Awesome. Boom shakalaka. Friday, October 23rd, Jerem Jordan and myself will be hosting. The video boards are going to make a huge difference. Oh, man. It'll be great. For the, for the in-house crowd. And, and then just being in the Marriott Center will be fantastic because as well. Five days later, the Cougar tip-off or six. Season opener awesome. on November 13th, at least the regular season opener against Utah Valley. 
That could be quite a Friday on BYU TV. I love hoops. Hoops is around the corner, baby. Up next, Blaine Fowler. What percent chance does the BYU National Champ give the Cougars to win out? BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Friday's on-location BYU Sports Nation is at Deseret First Credit Union. It's on the southeast part of campus. Come hang out with us. Noon Eastern time this Friday. The address is 695 East, 800 North. There used to be a gas station there, uh, kind of around the corner from uh, you know, uh, the little... It's like... It's not a gas station, but a shop. I can't describe it. You're just staring at me and not helping me at all. <laughs> around try. the corner from J-Dogs. I don't that's know where, where you're going, man. Yeah. A little shopping center? Uh, around the corner from the thing. Oh, yeah, that place. Oh, it's yeah, it's by that one all house. Right. South okay. Campus. <laughs> it's on the southeast part of South Campus. <laughs> by Slab Pizza. Reroute. They're going to say, Rerouting. hey, stop giving free promos to these businesses. Recalibrating location. <laughs> Recalculating. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Ziggy Ansah had a couple of sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery in last night's loss for his Detroit Lions to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Yesterday, Bronco Mendenhall said there were seven players with shoulder injuries out of the UConn game. That's a lot. He noted Travis Tuiloma, Kyle Johnson, and Harvey Lange could all play this week. Adam Hine is out four weeks with an ankle injury. Men's basketball team revealed its uniforms for the upcoming season on Twitter yesterday. We just showed those to you in Studio B. Kyle Collinsworth's jerseys, the retro, the away and home jerseys all on display. We tweeted out pictures of those on our BYU Sports Nation account. Very cool. Women's volleyball stays at number 15 in the latest poll. The Cougars play at Pacific on Thursday. Joining us now in Studio B, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler. Good to have you back, my friend. Oh, I, last week I just had an empty week because it was basketball media day, so I didn't get to come in with you guys, and it just didn't feel right. But you did have the zero beep interview. Over and, maybe, and maybe that's why we were supposed to not have it last week, so that we could be perfect, so the team could try to be perfect. <laughs> did you like those jerseys? You saw them. Yeah, the way I like I, the retro ones. Are flashback for me because that's when I was in school. That's the early '80s look, and you know that's what I. That's what I remember. That's near and dear to my heart. Isn't so when weird, they break though, those babies out, I might have just a tear in my eye. <laughs> okay, okay. Blaine Fowler with us in Studio B, national champion quarterback at BYU College Football Insider. We will start the questions with our Twitter question of the day. And that let's give you a little bit of backdrop here. ESPN's Football Power Index said BYU is the seventh most likely team out of 128 to win out. 10.7% chance they are giving the Cougars to win the remainder of their regular season games. What is your win-loss projection for BYU in the back seven, Blaine? If I now, if I had to go put like a hundred thousand dollars on it, whoa, whoa, whoa! Which you know, so I've had to bet that much on it, which is you know, I don't know. These days, that's a lot of money. You know, mm-hmm. I know not for you guys, but but I would. <laughs> it's just so hard. <laughs> took me a second. Yeah, it took you a second. What? It's so hard. Um, to not stumble at some point and have a game where you turn the football over. So if I was if I was to make a guess, I would say one loss on on the way out. However, having said that, I don't think it's improbable. They you know ESPN says there's a ten percent chance. I don't think it's beyond the scope of this team's ability if they play well and don't turn it over to win out. Because there's not a team on the schedule the rest of the way that I feel like BYU doesn't match up with physically. And so it becomes, can you play consistently every week? Can you be assignment sign? But most importantly, can you avoid that game where you have a letdown and you just turn it over and you lose to a team that you shouldn't lose to? 
So I, that's kind of wishy-washy. I, I would say... Yeah, say something, Blaine. I would say <laughs> that one loss would be most probable just because they'd be favored in every game, but they're going to have... They, they likely would have a game where you just go, wow, what just happened? Yeah. That, and I said, I, said f- I thought five and two would be good, eight wins in the regular season, because I want to allow Tanner Mangum gr- a growth period. I want to allow him to learn, and through learning, that's gonna, there'll be some mistakes. Like on Friday night, if that's not UConn and that's Cincinnati... I don't, I don't know that BYU wins that game, it, it, the way BYU is playing. However, the good news is BYU played Connecticut and won that game. You just worry about one, that one game at that one time. Now in comes East Carolina, and that's a bigger challenge for BYU. Yeah, East Carolina is a very talented team. Team speed is going to be a, a big issue for BYU because this East Carolina team, historically and again this year, when I watch them on, on tape – do we even have tape anymore? What do I watch them on? I don't even. Um, I don't watch them on digital, a TV. Digital tape. I watch them on digital format. So when I watch them, I'm very impressed with their team speed. And and this is a team they've lost two games. Who do they lose to? Navy, who's playing really really well, and everybody knows how difficult that team is to defend. And, and Kenny Niamatololo is doing a great job with those guys this year. And they lose to Florida, who just might win the SEC this year the way they're playing. I think Florida's like. Like Utah is in the Pac-12, the team that everybody said, ah, they're not going to be very good. And now here we are this far into the season going, whoa, Florida could win the SEC. So that's their two losses. Then they just beat Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech is a team that's always unbelievably athletic and plays great defense. And so this team comes in here, and I know when I watch them on film, I have a lot of respect for what they can do. And I know that when BYU watches them on film, that the players definitely – are going to be focused this week because they're going to recognize how talented this team is. So, which game? And, and may, maybe it is maybe it is Missouri because BYU is not favored in that game. Forty five percent chance given to the Cougars to beat the Tigers at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Is there another game where you just point to and go, "Man, I know you talk about East Carolina, but man, that this game really worries me." So uh, you're saying outside of Missouri, yes. because that one oh that one's made me nervous since the beginning Clearly. of the year. And even though they're not playing up to what we thought they would be, they still scare me. Um, Cincinnati is a team, because of style, that makes me nervous for BYU because they're throwing the ball all over the place. And BYU really hasn't faced a team yet this year that's going to bring that type of offense. And so because we haven't seen them manage through a game yet where a team's just going to say, we don't even care if we can run, we'll just throw it everywhere – that makes me nervous. A top 10 type passing team. So if I was going to pick out one game, it would probably be that one just because of style. Although East Carolina makes me nervous this week because of athleticism. Cincinnati is number five in passing yards per game, by the way. 386. Woo! That's, in, that's next week. Next week, people! On a Friday night. That'll be fun. Tanner Mangum uh, continues to grow through for 365. Uh, through a couple of picks, but I thought we saw growth within a game. Uh, Trevor Maddich had an interesting comment yesterday. He said, he doesn't know the playbook yet, even though he might think he knows the playbook. How much do you think Tanner Mangum knows the playbook? I think he knows what they're giving him. But but this is so this is all semantics. How much does he know the playbook? Well, they don't even have half the playbook in for him. So as soon as Taysom Hill went out, they said, here, this thing has to come to this. And now they're adding a little bit each week and bring him along. So does he know what's... In the game plan? Yeah, he knows what's in the game plan. But what's in the game plan, when you have Taysom Hill at quarterback, when you have a veteran quarterback, and you get against the Michigan, and they come out and they run something that you haven't seen or maybe you haven't prepared for that week, you can go, oh, hey, Taysom, remember when we played such and such two years ago? We're going to go with that package because this is what these guys are doing. Well, you don't have that luxury with a young quarterback. 
There is no history. You can't say, hey, remember when. Hey, remember when was you just got off your mission. Remember when you were in Chile? No, that doesn't work. That doesn't, it's not helping him at all out on the field, other than maybe confidence and mature. I don't know. It's yeah. not helping him. Yeah. And so I think he knows what they have in, but I think what they have in is limited. Their game plan is limited, and it's expanding each week. So by the time they play Missouri, that we're all nervous about, there'll be much more of an opportunity to go here or go there with the offense because he'll have that experience. So he's gaining each week because they're adding more each week for him. And I think he knows what's in, in, um, in that game plan for him on a particular week. Blaine, as an analyst and as a former quarterback, you watch Tanner Mangum with a very critical and specific eye. And, you know, I noticed a couple of things as I was watching him in the pocket on Friday night. On that throw to Mitch Matthews where he climbed the ladder and caught it, you saw Tanner go through his progressions and make distinct body movements. And I thought, wow, that's, that looks really sharp. Where do you see him making the most rapid improvement this season? And it's funny because his, he's making the most improvement where he, conti- where he needs to continue to make the most improvement. And that is um, he, he seems to be going through progressions and standing in the pocket, but in every so many plays, he'll bail out of the pocket when he doesn't need to. We just saw a play that, um, that we're watching here in the studio. Those watching on TV can see it. If you're listening on the radio, you can't see it. But where he didn't need to be out of the pocket. He could have stayed and gone to a third receiver or a fourth receiver. So every once in a while, I'll see him do that. And then on the next play, I'll see him stand in there and go through three reads and, and throw to a check down receiver. And so that's a work in progress. I think he's made very good progress in being more patient there. Um, it, it's hard because Michigan put so much pressure on him that immediately after that game, you become very aware of where the pass rush is coming from. And as a quarterback, you, you have to have that sixth sense of where it's coming from, but then you have to ignore that sixth sense. You got to be willing to stand in there and get smacked in the face to deliver a strikeout to an open receiver. And and that, so it's where I think he's made the most progress, and I think it's where the most progress continues to, to have to be made for him to be a big-time quarterback, and he will. That's just experience. From a skill set perspective, like he makes every throw. He can make every throw there is. His, it, he's got really good mechanics, and they hold up pretty well. He's remarkably good at throwing it when his feet aren't set. So he throws it on the run. He still gets a shoulder square and still has a really good – I like his release where it comes off of his hand. So he's got some really, really good things going for him. Um, and then – so now we get a guy that gets better pocket presence, learns to take care of the ball and get to his reads, and is physically going to be better because he looks like a return missionary right now if you see him without a shirt – without a not without a shirt, but without his uniform on. I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. It really is. The sky is the limit for him. BYU in the fourth quarter is plus 36 on its opponents. What are you seeing on film that's lending itself to success in that quarter? So I don't know if it's X's and O's. Uh, it, it just seems like because they're really, really well conditioned this year, that when they get to the fourth quarter, you start to make mental mistakes. Teams make mental mistakes when they're tired. So fatigue, it not only makes cowards of us all. Who said that? I don't even know who that quote was, but I figure you guys. Uh, Aristotle. Great- did, did he really say that? No, I'm just kidding. Wow. If he, I mean, if he just came up <laughs> with that. pulls that out of nowhere. Well, if he just goes Aristotle uh, and it really wasn't. I think, it was like, I, I, I think it was like Patton or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But Aristotle's probably close. But uh, fatigue doesn't make, you know, it makes cowards of us all, but it also makes us stupid. So we get tired and we make errors that we wouldn't normally make. I think this team is very well conditioned and they're staying with their assignments through the fourth quarter. And when other teams are getting tired, 
Um, they're executing at a, at a better level, and they're wearing teams down, and that's what I think we we can attribute their fourth quarter performance to. And that's a great thing. That's a that's a tribute to Wintrick and a tribute to the kids and what they did in the offseason and getting prepared for this year. You can watch Vince Blaine Lombardi. Vince Lombardi was Vince the one Lombardi. that said it. Did he, who, how did you know that? I have the internet. The Google I, machine. I asked you Googled Jeeves. it. You asked Jeeves? I asked Jeeves. He put it in Jeeves. So who was closer, Aristotle or Patton? You were closer. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> who would have led the Packers to a title, Aristotle or Patton? We discuss next. Yeah, that's <laughs> also, teases. An e- also an easy answer. You can watch Blaine tonight on After Further Review, a new edition of the show. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, Brian Logan all teaming up on our miniature field to educate the people on how to play football. From an X's and O's standpoint, Blaine, where did the BYU defense impress you the most against UConn on Friday night? They're, they were much more gap sound. And we talk about that on After Further Review all the time. But the week before, there was some concern. It's like, whoa, what is going on? They actually regressed. Guys were trying to make plays outside of where they were supposed to be. So everybody has a gap assignment on a defense. The A gap is between the guard and the center. Um, the the B gap is between the guard and the tackle. Well, the tackle, for instance, on a play, tackle's supposed to be in the A gap, linebacker's supposed to be in the B gap, and supposed to be in the C gap. We saw guys going, oh, I looks like he's going to bounce outside. Maybe I'll try to play out here on the C gap. And getting out of their assignment, then they would cut back to the gap they were supposed to have and get a big play. You can't do that. you got to trust the guy next to you and say, that guy's going to do his assignment, and I'm going to do mine. I can't worry about the C gap because my job is the B gap. That really concerned me a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was much improved in this last game. And so from an X's and O's perspective defensively, they were better in terms of getting the gaps they were supposed to be in, and that allows them to have the proper leverage to make plays. What kind of difference would it make if Travis Tuiloma and Harvey Longy can play this Saturday? Travis Tuilom was the best player on BYU's defense. No offense to Bronson Kafusi, because those are three great. Harvey Lange and Bronson are great, great players. But Travis Tuiloma, when you play against Travis, you have to game plan for him. The offense has to go, well, we can't run that play because you can't run at that guy. Hmm. Oh, by the way, guard, you can't combo block down, so you can't help the center for a second and then go down and get the linebacker because as soon as you release him, he'll push the center back into the backfield. He's that kind of a player. He demands a double team on every single play. So he makes a huge difference because when he's in there, it frees up a linebacker that doesn't have a guard in his face, doesn't have a 300-pounder in his face. Now he can just run and make plays. It makes BYU's defense better. So that's huge. Having Travis back is huge. Harvey's a great player, too, and he runs the football, and Bronson is causing all kinds of, of, of problems out there. If they can have all of those guys on the field at the same time, this is a very formidable defense. Did Travis Tuiloma just get like eight times better, or did we just barely acknowledge what he does? Because last year we were not having this conversation, but after the Nebraska game, all of a sudden Travis Tuiloma was this Bronco was mentioning him after every game last year, but he was the only one. And we were like, oh, interesting. Not, right? But this year he's the thing. He's gotten stronger, and so here's what's happened. He was a really, really good player last year, and he demanded a double team, but he held his position in the double team. And so he was a block eater. We call those guys that are playing the nose block eaters. If you're a block eater, you're doing your job. Well, they don't get a lot of credit because they don't make a lot of tackles. The strength increase he's had, so he was already a really good player. He's improved his power and his explosion off the line of scrimmage to the point now where not only is he eating blocks, he's throwing guys and pushing them back into the backfield. We saw a play in the Nebraska game where the backside guard tried to pull around the center on a pull play, on a trap play. 
And Travis had pushed the center so far in the backfield that the guard ran into the side of the center, and then the running back <laughs> ran into both of them, and then, and then somebody else made the tackle. Those are the kinds of things he's doing now. And, and the average fan does not see this. Because he didn't even get credit for the tackle. Correct. You know how many tackles he had against Nebraska? Zero! But he dominated the game when he was in there. Because he was doing that. And so if you're just piling everything up and you're pushing guys into the backfield, then they gotta, they got to start going, oh, gosh, what are we going to do with this guy? Now you've got something. Now they got a game plan for a nose. If, if an offense is game planning their run game around a nose, you're already in an advantage defensively because you got a free player now. Bring and, and that's what he Travis. does. Let's get Travis. And, and, and then the problem is, is when he's out, you got to bring Logan and you got to play him down at nose. Well, Logan's really good at defensive end. So now you got to drop off at both positions because these are just younger, less experienced guys. They're so much better when they have Bronson. Travis and Logan all at the same time on the field. You ready to have your mind blown right now, Blaine? Yes. I'd love to have my mind blown. The man who actually said that saying was General Patton. Yes! And Lombardi took it from Patton. Vince Lombardi took it from and Patton. Patton got it from Aristotle. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just if kidding. we can track it back to Aristotle, that would be cool, but I don't think it's happening. You know, here's the thing. It was in his letter of instruction, number one, third arm, war as I knew it, page 312. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Wow! See, I just, I just thought that was a General Patton you. type of quote, but I did not know. And right now, I am so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> educated. Ed- edu- Get educated. Get educated. On right. BYU Sports Nation, Brian Blaine, always a pleasure to talk to you. After further review tonight, new episode, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 Mountain on BYU TV. We look forward to it, man. Thanks, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we'll go live to BYU football practice. What will ECU present to BYU that will cause the Cougars big-time concern? This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. That's good. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, Catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Inside BYU Football, new edition tonight, 7.30 Eastern time. Catch it on BYU TV. There you go. Man, this, is, this show has it, it's been like randomly awesome. We've had the new BYU Every basketball jerseys in here. That's our motto. We're quoting General Patton thanks to Blaine Fowler on set. Not Vince Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> Basically the same person. <laughs> Yeah, I just looked up. Yeah, yeah. This is this is 2015. So you just Google something. You go. Yeah, that's true. I looked. Uh huh. Yeah, this is the yep, guy that it said was it. Lombardi. Yep. ESPN has given BYU a 10.7 percent chance, according to their Football Power Index, to win out, meaning win their final regular season seven games of the regular season. I'm. Anytime you just create something, right? Um, it's good to use the adjective power. What's what's the what are the other five conferences called? There's no name. It's just a group of five, the group of five, the Power Five. I'm gonna make a football index. What should we call it? The Football Power, power index. index. Yes. Yeah. So if you create something, just power. Word choice is essential. It is essential. But are you buying ESPN's Football Power Index? What do you think BYU will do in the final seven? At KFL D five says I see Cincinnati being overlooked. They will be a real challenge. Oh, yeah. I see BYU going 9-3 and three with a loss to Cincy and a win over Missouri. Beat I'll, Cincy? Sorry, beat Missouri, lose to Cincy? I'll take a win over an SEC team every day, man. BYU undefeated at home. Is that a realistic possibility? I think it absolutely is. 
With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. We go live to BYU's football practice after this. Coach Paul Tidwell on the line. Power! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Join our Twitter conversation right now using the hashtag BYUS and follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Are you buying into BYU winning out the regular season? What will the Cougars record be at the end of these final seven games? At Cox Web Dev says, USC has a greater chance of winning out than BYU with Notre Dame, Utah, Cal, Arizona, and UCLA not buying that. Yeah, I don't know how they figure out this number. It's just a no- I, I don't really care to know. I know there are a like let 10 ner- or 11 factors that go into it. Let the nerds figure it out, and, and then we are, just grab that number yes. and have fun with it. Yeah, now, 11%? I, I don't know how they came to that number, but okay. Here's something that you can grasp, because I grasped it. Okay. There are 10,000 simulations. 10,000 simulations, Spencer. Yes, and the BYU data has been calculated. Has, is, the, are you uh, questioning uh, my logic? Uh, no, I am not. You're not involved in this. Stay out of this, Bracket, Bracket Matrix. Matrix is not the football power This index. is football season. Come on, man. Jumping the gun. <laughs> BYU in 1,070 of those 10,000 simulations finishing the regular season by winning the final seven games. That's interesting. That's, see, when, you, when I put it that way, for some reason, that seems higher than 10.7%. 1,070 of the 10,000 played out simulations. Me fail math? Impossible. Oh, my goodness. Are you buying it? At Jay Zojo Bryant says 10 and 3 because my blue goggles say so and the improving defense. If BYU finishes with 10 wins this season, that is a tremendous season. I mean, 10 wins this season greater than 10 or 11 in the Mountain West. The strength of schedule is strong, really strong. And then you go to next year. We'll have all summer to digest next year, but it gets even tougher. So 10 wins would be amazing. To me, 8 is a good season for BYU. What if Taysom Hill was the quarterback? Would you st- would you think um, you know undefeated? Because to me, you have to just go just a little less with Tanner as Mangum as a freshman. I said ten wins with Taysom Hill as the quarterback. So you're going nine now with Tanner. Is that the adjusted? Yes, the adjusted uh, FPI according uh, to the calculation. BYU, the BYUS said FPI. Yeah, uh, that's that's what we need to do. <laughs> I still need to do the Lou Groza Award analyst. Okay, so we need to do that. Do we need to bring back the uh, top five non-P5 rankings as well and launch the BYUS and FPI? I know know one dude in particular that has stopped me before that would especially hate that uh, coming back. So so maybe we will. Okay, a couple of notes that we have not gotten to. BYU women's volleyball still ranked number 15 in the latest AVCA poll. The Cougars play at Pacific on Thursday. BYU women's soccer, new poll comes out from the NSCAA right now. They are number six. We'll let you know that. We join. We are joined now by Paul Tidwell, the BYU inside linebackers coach. Coach, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Always good to be with you guys. Okay, quickly, looking at ECU, what challenges are you noticing about the Pirates? What will they bring to the table on Saturday, oh man, they got a lot uh, offensively. They're they're uh, putting up some points. They played Florida really tough. They beat Virginia Tech. Um, they've got some good good weapons, some good skill. They play two different quarterbacks, uh, two different styles. We kind of um, compare it to uh, the number ten, more of a, a Tanner Mangum, a number eleven, more of a, a Taysom Hill type. 
So you got a running quarterback, option type guy, likes to, to pull the ball down and run it, and then you got more of a passer. And uh, they've got a really big tight end, really good tight end, a good receiver in number seven, a couple other kids. They got some skill. They're 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 a good team. Paul, we've got about ninety seconds, so okay. we need to bounce. But uh, did Harvey Longy practice this morning? No, he didn't. He's day to day right now, and we're just uh, gonna wait and see how he's doing tomorrow. He might practice a little bit tomorrow and take some snaps, but he's day to day. What impressed you the most about what BYU's defense did on Friday night, Paul? Um, you know, defensively, we stuck together. We, we, we executed better. I thought we tackled better. I thought our communication was better. Um, and our game plan, Coach Menahal had a great game plan to keep their quarterback from scrambling. The, you know, he moves the chains, and I thought we did a really good job keeping him bottled up. When you look at the challenge that uh, ECU presents, which is easier to defend, the dual-thread guy or the pocket passer? Oh, um, neither is easy. Uh, I, I think we'd rather see number 10, um, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see 11. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're going to have to defend the run and, and defend his scrambling ability and, and the option, uh, the right option, zone reads and stuff like that. So. I think that's going to create uh, you know, some challenges for us. Inside linebackers coach Paul Tidwell, fourth quarter, two-minute drill on BYU Sports Nation. You nailed it, coach. Touchdown. <laughs> great to be with you guys. Thank you. Always great to talk to you. Okay, bye. Hey, for him, it's interception, right? Yeah, that's true. Four touchdown? Okay, or whatever. Paul Tibble on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Join our conversation today on the Twitter machine. What will BYU's record be at the end of the regular season? It starts with a very good East Carolina team for homecoming this Saturday. BYU wearing the Royal Blues on white tops. At Eric Biggert with our elite tweet of the day. I have reason to believe that the throwback BYU font was actually created by Arnold Freeberg. <laughs> nice. Referencing the BYU basketball uniforms and the old school lettering. Oh, yeah, I got you. Okay. okay. Thanks to Blaine Fowler. Paul Tibble, everyone on our crew conversation goes 24-7 on Twitter. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Justin Blackmore. Download the podcast. We're back to work tomorrow.